0: Good afternoon everyone enjoying the nice warm room no no it's not there is we've got two heaters so the hot none of this uh, uh all right shirley she's off uh none of these uh, she's getting comfy none of none of this building is not heated in any way we've got um a mobile heater just there and you, that's so uh, shane's all right and uh and another one there but they're not terribly hot even so but um but we, it's all right isn't it We can cope, and I'm going to keep this sermon a little bit shorter, just for... um, No, only for half an hour, so... So yeah, we will be all right. If you get a bit chilly, just move around. We have beautiful soup after ready for you all. So freshly made homemade soup uh, with some cake and one particular cake that's always very popular, which is the rum cake. And uh, so that goes quite quickly. You know which one that is. You'll work it out by the, the smell. So um, just a little recap. As you all know what we're doing, we are looking at Jesus and his kingdom. And uh, we've been doing that since... Um, couple of weeks ago I don't know when we started it feels a long time ago forever Dave yes it feels like forever September yeah we keep going to Advent and then we feel all nice and Christmassy uh, so we've been doing that and we looked at all the different aspects but Sarah who's um, nipped downstairs with the youth did a brilliant job last week and do go and listen to it on SoundCloud or if you're on an email you just click it um, about Jesus and Mills and she spoke a little bit how one of the the uh, there's a little phrase in the Gospels that says the Son of Man came and had lots of different reasons why Jesus came, and one of them, which was brilliant, was the Son of Man came. Can you remember eating and drinking? Okay, so that's one of the reasons Jesus came into the world was to eat and drink, which is not not a bad reason, is it? Is it really? He um, perhaps he didn't have enough in heaven. And he looked at Shirley's rum cake and thought, I'm going to come on earth and join in. So that was one of the reasons. But we looked at actually, it wasn't just about the literal eating and drinking. Actually, what Jesus was doing through that was creating. An all-inclusive, all-loving, all-encompassing community. And in the end, who he hung out with got him in uh, a lot of trouble. So Sarah did a great job of that last week. So do go and listen to that. She gave a great introduction and, and set, it up, set that up. So this week, we're going to look at um, one of the meals that Jesus... Um, this just feels a little bit too high for me this here i'm going to uh, i can't quite see my my notes uh, so this we're going to look at one of them and the story we're going to look at particularly some of you uh, would have heard the Kath Reed, which was um it's fa- which is simon well it's it's a li- it's it, oof, I mean male studied theology you can talk to male but basically you've got Jesus who Simon at the leper's house and then in the in another gospel it's Simon the Pharisee so you can maybe he was a Pharisee he had leprosy once maybe that's the way to to square it but you got he's he's with Simon anyways a chap called Simon and he opens up this he does this cracking meal uh, a lovely meal and as he's there and his disciples and they're all chatting and you can imagine you know it's it seems I'm sort of picturing this scene that they're all chatting theology or something great you know in depth or Brexit or something Something like that, having a good, uh, he's giving them a warning. And, uh, uh, and they're chatting away about this kind of stuff. And then, right in the middle of this kind of perfect kind of meal, you know, that we all kind of desire, don't we? C.S. Lewis said, we want nothing better than just to be around a table with a group of friends and feel like we're all on the inside. Right in the middle of that, along comes this woman who we don't quite know who she is. The church has said it's Mary Madeline. I don't think it's Mary Madeline. Um, I, I think they said it's Mary Madeline because they tried to malign her out of history, but that's another sermon. But anyway, so she comes along, this woman, and, and cracks open um, this beautiful kind of um, jar of uh, oil and of perfume, which is kind of a year's wages, and anoints Jesus, knowing that actually Jesus is going to die, anoints him for his burial, and straight away after that, you go into the Last Supper. Where Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So they have this beautiful moment when something really, really wonderful happens. And this whole meal is kind of interrupted because this woman sees Jesus. And is just drawn to Jesus. There must have been, don't you just think, kind of forget, pretend, bear with me what I'm going to say. Kind of pretend you don't know what you know about Jesus. Okay, just pretend for a moment you don't know about it. Just for a moment. There must have been something... So incredibly magnetic about Jesus and beautiful and warming to um, to bring out that kind of response from somebody. Don't you think? You imagine, you know, you're sitting in the new cafe at Saturday Books that uh, Francis has launched this week in his second-hand bookshop in Dudley, which I'd well recommend. And it's a wonderful bookshop. You imagine, though, you're suddenly sitting there, and suddenly someone bursts in. Everyone's going to go now. Uh, everyone... I want commission, Francis. Everyone bursts in. Uh, don't. Uh, everyone bursts in and suddenly uh, are in awe of who you are, you know. And, and, and just... I mean, it's, it's sort of... You wouldn't expect it of ourselves, would we? There's something about Jesus that just brought about such a response, something so wonderful and beautiful and lovely and magnetic that it just caused people to be fascinated and intrigued by him. So that's what was happening in this story, and we're going to explore that just quite briefly, and then we're going to have a little bit of time of Teze and um, an opportunity to receive anointing with oil and prayer ministry um, as well. To help us look at that, I'm going to look at two points really briefly. Third, if I'm feeling cheeky. And the two points are um, uh, believing, if we sort of mo- move on. Sorry, John, I can't remember where, where I've got to. That's it. Uh, well, we're looking at believing, not only believing. See what I did there? Uh, beloving and not only believing. And then the other part we're going to look at is another point. Um... But yes, yes, we're going to look at something else as well, uh, which we, will be a surprise even to me, no, uh, which is a, nothing is wasted, but we're going to focus on this, Beloving Not Only Believing. I um, grew up in the church, as you know, not this one, uh, it's not, uh, but I grew up in the church, and um, I was in the teenage years, I was in an Anglican church, and it was a fantastic Anglican church. We had a great youth group, really, really loved it. Uh, we called ourselves Koinonia. We were quite uh, on trend. It's a Greek word meaning fellowship, and uh, you can see it was a really trendy youth group, and uh, uh, and it was fantastic. We really, really loved it. Um, but one of the every church has a kind of vibe or a culture, doesn't it? A kind of a way of being. And this church I grew up in was, and the churches I grew up in were particularly concerned about what you believed as a Christian. Okay, Be- what you believed, not just believing in Jesus, but what you actually believed about Him, was the really important thing in your Christian life. So you had that sort of environment. Does it does that resonate with anyone or is it did I just grow up in a very strict kind of household? Yes. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. not Ben, no, or anyone else, no. Not. Very much so. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't allowed out to play on a Sunday because it's the Lord's yeah, I know Shay, it's the Lord's Day. And that, but when we cha- you know this you know when we changed churches, God changed his mind, which was amazing, and we were allowed to obviously went to you know, God thought different things in different churches. But anyway, uh, but here here's that, that was the kind of thing, but what I find fa- that was the kind of environment I grew up in a little bit. What I found absolutely fascinating, though, about this lady when she sees Jesus is if she had grown up in my youth group or if she'd been a good Anglican and knew her creed, what she should have done was this. She should have gone in, seen Jesus, and said, there he is, the eternal son of God, made flesh at last and sacrificed for our sins and our atonement, the atonement for sin. taking taken God's wrath or punishment or satisfaction of our, and all that sort of stuff. And he, you know, constant, what's that, what's that fancy word? Consum, con, yeah, that's, it. I, that's it, Sarah, you'll know it. You're fresh out of, what is it? Consubstant, yeah, that one. In other words, what she should have done is said everything she believed about Jesus. That she, if she was a good Anglican or a good evangelical, she said, there he is. He's the eternal son of God made fresh. I've been wondering where he's been, uh, um, and there he is, and I'll, just, I'll let him know who he is. But you see, what she didn't do is scream out about her kind of correct doctrine about who he was. What she did do was love him and care for him. And you see, I wonder whether my Christianity has been, so, I've grown up with a Christianity that so focuses on my beliefs. What I actually definitely believe about Jesus, and what I don't believe, that actually I've kind of missed the point a little bit at times. Jesus seems to be more into what you, you know, to loving him and for his passion for his purposes, believing rather than just believing. You know, so often it's about trying to get people to agree with us, isn't it? That's kind of what our evangelism often is, is just agree with us, and then we think you're all right. If you're, you know, that's, and, and we force Christianity into just a bunch of set of beliefs. Well, here's the thing. We were known, the early Christians were not known for what they believed, but were known for the way they lived. They were known as followers of the doctrine, weren't they? No, they weren't. Uh, Just seeing if anyone was, Dave was there. Uh, They were known for being followers of the way, the way, the way of Jesus. Not the doctrine of Jesus, not correct beliefs about Jesus, because, you know, the church split over, you know, the big church split happened between the west and the east, was roughly about Where the Holy Spirit? did it proceed from the Father and the Son, or just the Father? Ooh, I don't know. But let's split over that. And that, I mean, I'm not belittling it. It had a big impact, and it was important at the time. But do you see? We were we're called to be followers of the way of Jesus, which is compassion and love and goodness and care and mercy towards one another and to the community around. Not just a kind of set of beliefs. Now, don't misunderstand me. I think beliefs are so important. In fact, I know what I'm talking about is a belief. You know, I think beliefs are important and that's why I love the Anglican liturgy because actually it's just got beautiful belief systems in it. It is just wonderful. Belief is so important. But just at times we need to remind ourselves that it's not just about what we believe it's about who we're loving and how we're loving and how we're living and the kind of people we want to be and when she saw jesus she wasn't just overcome with kind of doctrinal belief she was overcome with absolute love and passion thinking there is something so wonderful about this man that i'm just going to worship him and getting uh, and just pour out my heart to him that was it Marcus Borg, there uh, should be a little quote coming up, who I don't agree with everything he um, says, but said this, but I, it's a nice picture of him anyway, isn't it? Make, you feel like you can trust him, don't you? Don't you? He should do Brexit. He that. Oh, he's dead now, so he can't do it. But anyway, but he said this, he says, believing has little transformative power, but what we beloved shapes our lives and has great transformative power. Believing has little transformative power, but what we love shapes our lives and has great transformative power. You've probably been in churches, and I have, where actually people recite the creed, which is just the most wonderful, one of the most beautiful, powerful things you could recite. But you kind of talk to them after and have a cup of tea. They, they don't seem to reflect <laughs> the creed and the love of God that we see in Christ. Believing stuff... Doesn't always bring transformation. It can do, but it doesn't always. But loving something, falling in love—now that changes your life, doesn't it? Falling in love with God, as we see Him revealed in Christ—that's a life changer. And what this lady does is beautiful. She sees Jesus and falls in love, and that changes her lives. But the really cool thing about it is—is is this is that then Jesus, they all start moaning about it, you know, know, all the social justice people, which I'd be one of them, complains that, oh, you could have given that money to the poor, you know, that'd been better invested, or the heritage people were there, they would have said you could have invested it in the roof or something like that, we're all there, and uh, you know, everybody was given their kind of two, two pennies worth, and what Jesus says is this, he says, do you know, what she's done will be remembered and proclaimed around the world, isn't that amazing? what she's done. And it's got into every gospel. It's incredible. It's in every gospel. There aren't many stories that are in every gospel. And what I think Jesus does is this. He just values that. What she's done, engaging with me, showing her love and care for me, that is what I'm after. That is what God is looking for in Christ. And it's such a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful moment. That's the first thing I want to pull out is that actually it's about beloving, loving Christ, not just about the things that we believe and getting our doctrine absolutely um, spot on. The second thing is, uh, thank you, John. Should be the next slide. Is um, nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. So, um, in your any people here who uh, have a job, who work, um, who here has kind of what they call or used to um, KPIs. Is that right? Key performance indicators or things you've got. Anyone here? Raise it. Raise it. I see that hand. I see the hand. Yeah. And uh, there's a few. few, Yeah, yeah. Who loves a KPI? A key performance indicator. Who, Benji, love one. Love him. He loves the spreadsheet though, and uh, he does love a spreadsheet. And um, not the only one, is he? So No. Anyway, let's not go there. So, <laughs> spreadsheet love. And. Um, But we live in that day and age, don't we, where we have key performance indicators. You've got to hit your targets. And we have it in all walks of life. We just cannot seem to avoid it. I have it in my job. I have 16 objectives now, thanks to the heritage people, uh, that I have to meet by a certain amount of time. It's just, it's just, it's just, just whatever. That's how things are. That's how it is, rightly or wrongly. That's how it is. And we can't totally. Avoid some of that, can we, in our in our work context? And and you've all know when you've been in work context when actually you don't know what you're going for and what you're aiming at, and it just it feels like you're going nowhere actually. So the opposite sometimes is not any um, better either. But what is just so beautiful about this story um, is, sim- is simply this: is that what Jesus does is value something that doesn't quite hit the target you know, that didn't quite fulfill its purpose, that, you know, what she should have done is, if we had sold that and given the money away, that that would have been far more useful, that would have fed more poor people, or if we had sold that and invested it in our building, or or if if they had hit that target, that would have been better, and what Jesus does is value right in the middle of all that, that actually there's some things, forgive me, Sarah and Ben, there are some things that, that not even a spreadsheet can understand its value. I know that he's walk, he's quitting now. I can see that now. There are, there are some things that are so wonderful and so beautiful that actually, in a way, they just seem kind of wasted because they don't really play a massive part. But that's the beautiful thing about following Jesus. And I think what Jesus is saying is this, is there's some things in our lives that can't be measured, there's some things in our lives that can't be um, kind of almost, um, you know, put on a knocked up or kind of ticked boxed or something that kind of feels like there's something perfect about it. there's some things in our lives where actually you just can't put into words. And Jesus, I think, is saying in those moments that nothing is ever wasted, even when you doesn't feel like you're using it well, using your gifts rightly. If you're bringing it all to the feet of Jesus, nothing is wasted and I think what Jesus is saying through this is actually we just, in a way, want to kind of waste our lives on following Jesus. So I think Jesus does that with us, you know. We bring our lives and we feel like, you know, I'm hitting all these targets. But really my life doesn't always feel like valuable. It doesn't always feel like it's contributing. It doesn't always feel like I've got a meaning. It doesn't always feel like I kind of know who I am. And what Jesus is saying in that moment of saying, you know what, if you just come before him and him alone, that is enough. That's enough. He hasn't got key performance indicators hanging around your discipleship with him. He doesn't want you to hit a number of targets for you to kind of be acceptable when you're in the kingdom. He just wants you, you are enough as you meet with Christ and experience his love and care. The last thing about this wonderful story is simply this is that Jesus creates a safe space for her. And I think that's something that's wonderful. We had a a little kind of staff um, ministry team development day a couple of weeks ago um, with a chap called uh, Jeff. And he came up with this phrase called about host leadership host leadership and we're going to explore that one day and you it's a whole i hadn't realized i thought he'd just come up with it i thought that's cool but i googled it and there's like loads of stuff on it you know so um it's still cool though uh but he's it's about actually how we create places where people can feel welcomed and include and included and that's kind of what church has got to be and what jesus does is he creates this host he's the host he creates space for her And that's the role of us here at Top Church. It's just to keep creating space for people to meet with Jesus, space for one another to meet with Jesus, but space for others to meet with him. And one of the challenges is going to be, we quite, on the whole, because we only have each other for a few hours a week, we quite like each other, don't we, on the whole? We don't have to see each other too much. I know John Bardell's not sure, looking around, Uh, but but we do. So what the challenge we're going to have as we continue to grow as the church, invite others, is we've got to keep being church hosts and creating space for others to come in and discover community, discover the beauty and the love of Christ. So I love this story. You have this wonderful story where Jesus is, this woman just falls in love with Jesus. And it just reminds us it's not just about believing stuff. It's following the way of Jesus. I love this story because it reminds us that nothing in the end is wasted. And I love it because Jesus creates space for people who need to know him. So what we're going to do in a moment, I'm going to pray and then we will uh, affirm our faith together. That said about what we believe, we'll stand and declare what we believe. Um, And then we're just going to have a few moments where Dave will lead us in some songs of worship, some of it will be Teze, but there'll be a few people be available. Just behind the um, screen, um, there's a table there. And we've asked a few people there just to be available to anoint people with oil. If you've never received prayer ministry before, you've never received prayer to be anointed with oil, it's a really beautiful prayer, really simple. They will just anoint you on your forehead and just pray for God's Holy Spirit to come on you. It might well be that actually out of this, it might be nothing to do with what I've said, or it might be that there's a bit of you thinks, you know what, I need to know there's space for me at the table, and I just want to receive that affirmation. I need to know actually nothing in my life is a waste, even though it feels like it at times. I need to hear that. Or actually, I just need to realise God just welcomes me as I am, even if at times I haven't quite worked out everything that I believe about him, but I just throw myself unto God's presence. So we're going to have a little bit of time where I'm going to invite you just to, uh, when you're ready, just to sort of pop behind the screen, as it were, and just to receive prayer. So let's just pray together, and then we will affirm our faith together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you welcome all of us this afternoon. Thank you that you're the great host and create space for us all. Lord, we do want to be those who believe the right things about you, Jesus, but we want to be those who love you and follow the way of Christ and to be known for our actions of love, not just believing the right stuff. We want to be a church that hosts you in a way, but hosts others, that as you made space for this lady, that we would keep making space for others to discover your love and care for them. And I thank you that nothing is wasted when we follow you. Whether we think we've been successful or not, that nothing is wasted. Because you make everything meaningful and whole. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we thank you for this. Amen.